Hello and welcome to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. And my name is Duffy Henderson and I'm your host. Well, the Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and benefit of God's people. Here we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. So if you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks again for listening in, and may the Lord bless this episode greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. Well, thank you for uh, tuning in to this episode. We have had several in the past uh, few weeks have been really good episodes. We've had some variety on the podcast, and I'm once again joined by um, our senior pastor here, fellow elder at Believers Baptist Church, Jason Rowland. And we've got a really neat conversation today as we are trying to push, uh, get information out there. We're trying to promote the beginning of BBC's uh, Biblical Counseling Center that, Lord willing, will be opening very soon uh, to the public. But this episode is... Um, one of our few episodes that we've got queued up in the few in the next few weeks to talk about biblical counseling. So, Jason, first of all, welcome to the podcast. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing good. Thank you, Duffy. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I've got an old friend with us today, and uh, and old doesn't mean necessarily in age, Morris. It's we just want a, him to stay yes, to talk to yes, us for a few minutes. Yes, uh, but in this case, age does apply. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Don't deter him yet. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I have Morris Bean with me, and Morris and I have been friends since 1991, and uh, we have, through the years, just had different opportunities to work together and uh, I've been trained by him in Jay Adams' book, Competent to Counsel. Uh, we've had some uh, other opportunities that we've been involved with one another in a chaplaincy program and, and a hospital in Greenville. And, and Morris um, is going to help us today in this episode to think about biblical counseling. Um, we recently just got back from the ACBC uh, annual uh, meeting, uh, annual national conference, and uh, we had a great opportunity to, to just get fed a lot of information. And if any of you that are listening now heard that episode, uh, then you know some of the the information that was given to us, and we were just overloaded then. But we're 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 certainly excited about the possibility um, of working toward this biblical counseling ministry and. Uh, we've been working on this for about two and a half years, uh, lost track of time. It may even be longer than two and a half years. And so this now is coming to the place where we want to implement it. And so we're trying to just get a lot of information out there about biblical counseling, particularly to our congregation. And then if there's any others who listen outside of our congregation, certainly uh, we want you to be aware of this um, opportunity that we see before us. And so Morris is just going to help us to think about biblical counseling. Yeah. yeah. How does that look? Yeah, and um, before we dive into the meat of the episode, um, we have some great questions that you probably, as the listener, if you hear the word or the term biblical counseling, um, we, we, they kind of answered it on our previous episode, but there's, well, what's the deal with biblical counseling? What's the difference between Christian counseling and biblical counseling? Isn't that the same thing? Aren't we just talking, uh, is that just semantics, you know, same, same thing? And the answer to that is no. 
there's specific um, qualifications for biblical counseling uh, that uh, Morris is going to help us through. I just want to, um, listener, this will be very helpful. These questions you might be asking yourself, what is it? Or questions you haven't even thought about regarding biblical counseling. So Jason uh, and Morris, take it away. Well, Morris, I've introduced you already uh, to some degree, but why don't you take an opportunity, just give us some biographical information. Tell us who you are and and uh, just uh, what are some of the credentials and uh, why you could speak to this issue. Okay, well, I started life as a child. Okay, we don't want to go back that far, though. <laughs> oh, okay. But that was in Fort Stockton. I uh, grew up in a strong Southern Baptist uh, family. I mean, I did. My right. dad was a deacon. He loved the Lord. He loved the church. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. And I was the youngest of four and with three older sisters. Wow. So I think that's what led me that. into counseling. Yes. <laughs> you know, just some of the stuff I've, I've experienced, but absolutely love my sisters. I was saved at age nine at RA camp, which is an old Southern Baptist thing, Royal Ambassadors. Uh, and then when I was 18 years old, I was at GA camp, which is Girls in Action. Um, and I was there to teach leather craft just as a craft for the girls for the two weeks. My sister invited me to be there. Um, so that's why I surrendered my life fully to Christ. Um, I had played the game for a while, but God took me there. <clears throat> I was at Howard Payne University. That's where I met my wife. And I realized then that God was leading me into this counseling ministry. I didn't know it was a ministry at first. He hadn't included me in on that yet. Um, but everything that I had experienced and learned was that the only way to do counseling independently was to be a licensed psychologist. So that's the way I pursued my education. I ended up at East Texas State University in Commerce. It's now Texas A&M Commerce. And the psychology department. And I was on track to have everything done and be licensed six months before I was finishing, I was to finish my dissertation. They suddenly changed all the rules for licensing. And because of where I was at school, uh, ETSU was not an accredited APA school. So I couldn't be a licensed psychologist. So I was like, okay, then I'll just do counseling at our church, which was Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Greenville. I had been doing discipleship training with our count, with our pastor, Bob Hamilton, and he, he discipled me in biblical counseling. So I was involved in a faith ministry at the church for three years. I wasn't on the staff, uh, which had been my dream. I, I couldn't think of anything better than to be on staff, do counseling, and not have to charge anybody a penny. I just thought that would be great. Well, God had a different path for me. That didn't work. Um, but Pastor Hamilton talked to some people in the church, and they agreed to give a love offering each month. And that's how Kendra and I lived for three years. We never knew what was coming in, but it was always just enough. I mean, God is so good. Right. Um, so then in 1988, um, I started counseling at Greenville Medical Center. Ken and Sheila Patterson are husband and wife physicians, and he and I were ordained as deacons at Ridgecrest, and so I started doing work with him there. And then in 92, September of 92, um, the medical clinic had sold. They went to the medical mission field in Kyrgyzstan, and I moved my office downtown. 
So since September of 92, I've been on in that office down on Lee Street. So 30 years that I've been in that spot. Wow. And some of the listeners um, may have even seen you. They may know you because through the years that I've been at Believers, which has been 22 years, I, I've referred a lot of people to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've come to you and, and received the help that they were uh, looking for. So there may be some of our listeners who would know you, be familiar with that. But Could be. Yeah. yeah. Now, 30 years is a long time to be uh, counseling and giving encouragement through the word and helping people sort through their problems, their issues by um, the sufficiency of God's word. So I appreciate that more. Well, thank you. And, and I will say this, I've never seen a retirement age in mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. So my retirement will be when Jesus calls me home. Amen. Amen. So yes. I, I plan to be there for a long time. Well, so let let's let me just ask you some questions, Morris, okay. and I appreciate that biographical information, and that helps us to think and and get to know a little bit about where you're coming from. But what is biblical counseling? How would you define it? How can the listener try to put some parameters around what that is? Uh, biblical counseling, in essence, is a specific direction in counseling people using the truth of the Bible and in the application of those truths to the lives and hurts that people are going through Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and doing it with the truth that God gives us. And we're to use that unashamedly. Right. And it's an infallible truth. It's an inerrant truth. It's it's the truth that God himself has provided for us. And Mm -hmm. so what better instrument, what better tool is there to be able to speak into the hearts and lives of people that we, and we all have issues we all have problems um i've come to you with problems and so it I is i won't comment on that <laughs> uh, it is something that that every person can recognize uh there's a need and i'm thankful that we have a sufficient infallible inerrant mm-hmm. uh, clear word to us that god Amen has provided. To that. Yeah. yeah so uh, I know that um, there's biblical counseling and the way that we're speaking of it. It's not necessarily something that's been around for a long time. Is that, is that how you, how do you understand some of the history of biblical counseling? Where did, where do you see it kind of coming to the forefront in evangelicalism? Okay, two parts. One, it began just about 2,000 years ago with Jesus. <laughs> okay, that's, okay. yeah. Because he, <laughs> he walked, he talked, he touched people, he guided people with that same inerrancy. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but what you were talking about is a modern day. Right. So I, I truly see, um, in the modern perspective, I would suggest that Dr. J.E. Adams had earned the title of the father of modern-day biblical counseling. Right. He's written, I don't know, I started to count them, and I thought, well, I know it's over 75 books, as I've got that many on my shelf, right. of, of biblical principles of counseling. He's written that much. He hated that term, but he earned that, that title. Mm-hmm. Um, in his obituary in 2020, it was stated that theologians and biblical counselors like Ed Welch, Heath Lambert, Wayne Mack, Paul Tripp, David Pallison, Morris Bean, 
I'll stand on the shoulders of Jay Adams. Right. And standing in the word. So we've got some big shoulders that we that we stand on yes. in the truth of this. Um, I actually had the privilege to hear and study under the men that I just spoke of in 1986 and 87. <clears throat> in his obituary, it said, God used Dr. Adams as the spark to start this particular reformation. And like Luther before him, Adams' key insights were tested, refined, and built upon by the next generation. That's good. That's good. And so biblical counseling, I, I know that for me in my, the early parts of my ministry, I didn't know that there was a distinction. And, and I don't know that it was that clear. Um, this is in the 90s. It's probably because I wasn't in tune to it as much. So I'm sure that it goes back even further than that as far as the distinction between Christian counseling and biblical counseling. And Duffy, you, you made a reference about this in the in the introduction, and that's one of the things that we want to emphasize, that what we are doing at Believers and our Biblical Counseling Center is biblical counseling. It's not Christian counseling as perhaps is typically understood out there. So, so Morris, how would you make those distinctions? Would you make a distinction between Christian counseling and biblical counseling? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and I got started in 86 and 87 studying with Dr. Adams and the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation associated with Westminster Theological Seminary up in Philadelphia, where I went that two summers and studied. Uh, they made that distinction very clear, mm -hmm. that there are a number of fine, qualified, loving Christian men and women that counsel, but they use secular theories to help to help people. Right. What biblical what stands apart from that in biblical biblical counseling is the commitment to use nothing but God's word. Yes. I mean, this Bible that I'm holding, I've used since 1985. Um, it's a little worn. Well, and, and <laughs> I put a new cover on it because it was that green color. So right, right. This, this leather, doesn't, it doesn't fade. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. but it's using the truth unapologetically in people's lives to help them apply that truth. because that, And that's really the focus of, of what... We in biblical counseling do is try to teach not just the truth, but how it's applied. Mm -hmm. Because as Dr. Adams said in his book, truth applied, truth unapplied is worthless. Right. So, but truth applied is how people take the next step and the next step in following Christ. So right. there's a big difference. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to down what anybody else does. Right. But there is a very real difference between learning a technique and then bringing that in from a secular realm into a counseling session and maybe even try to baptize it with a few scriptures here and there. But it's weaker. Mm -hmm. It's just weaker. Right. And if someone goes to a counselor like that and they don't find the help that they need, they walk away with the potential of thinking, God failed me. Mm -hmm. 
But that's not what happens. That's right. not what's supposed to happen. Right, right. So that's why there is a very real difference. There. Yes. And so I'm, I'm uh, certainly aware that what we see in Scripture is that biblical counseling, and I put that in air quotes, biblical counseling happens within the uh, healthy relationships of brothers and sisters of, in Christ in, in a congregation. We, we counsel one another, we help one another, we encourage one another th- through uh, problems and situations and issues uh, by using the Word of God and just coming alongside. And so what we're talking about is a formal counseling setting where mm-hmm. a formal setting in which a, a licensed counselor like yourself, Morris, would sit down with a counselee and just take Scripture and then apply that Scripture, use that Scripture to speak to the heart of the person and to the mind of the person and then help them work through their issues. Yeah. And Morris, that sounds like what you're explaining is just a very simple concept of taking the, you mentioned Luther and Jay Adams being uh, in a way, a son of the reformation in reforming counseling. Would this be just simply a application of the doctrine of sola scriptura, that scripture is sufficient for all things in the life of the Christian. We preach it, we teach it here at our church specifically. We say that the Word of God is everything that you need as a Christian. You don't need anything else. Why would we then take someone to a counseling session and counsel them with something other than Scripture, right? That, yeah. That I, seems, it seems pretty simple. It's real simple. To it's me. very simple. Yeah, right. But I agree 100%. Yeah, right. yeah. But speaking of that, though, Duffy, you, you mentioned preaching. So one of the things, obviously, in a healthy biblical church, you have preaching, mm-hmm. uh, you have informal counseling, um, you have um, other aspects, obviously, of the gathered church. But what would be the difference in your mind, Morse, between preaching and biblical counseling? Ah, it's a good question. Uh, I've thought about that much you know, over the years. Preaching is the dissemination of the truth of God's Word, to a a congregation with not necessarily a specific question from a person. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 it's a broad dissipation of this truth of grace of Mm -hmm. of what God does in counseling. It's also the dissemination of truth of God's word to an individual or maybe a couple, and sometimes a family, to a very specific need. So it's the same truth being disseminated, whether it's to a congregation or to an individual or a small, maybe a couple. Mm -hmm. And in the preaching, it's more generalized. Mm -hmm. It's very specific to the word that's being generated then uh, or spoken of in that context. But then in counseling, they have a specific question. And if I just go in and start dumping stuff out, Mm -hmm. but I hadn't answered their question, I haven't done my job. Mm -hmm. I haven't done what God's called me to do. So in counseling, it's about making that truth very specific. And honestly, many times the counseling session is the low part of the week. Hmm. Because in counseling... Sin gets exposed. And the three of us sitting here now know what that's like. 
Right. When God exposes our sin, that's a bummer. I mean, it is. Right, right. But then as we walk out of that, and it's a walk out, mm. we're walking out of that sin and out of the consequences after we confess and receive God's forgiveness mm-hmm. and cleansing. Mm-hmm. So the high point of the week, in my perspective, is usually sometime after the counseling session when they've spent time with God and they come out on top of that mess. Mm-hmm. You know, right. so that's right. a, Morris, that's a uh, let me jump in for just a quick second. Um, you mentioned sin. And I think that that is a crucial component, at least from my conversations with those who are in the biblical counseling world, through some of the folks who are with Jason and Patrick um, and even Jared and Whitney. Um, This issue of sin being identified and dealt with is a crucial component in biblical counseling, is it not? It is. Um, And and I think that a tendency, and if I remember correctly, in in our last week's episode, in y'all's roundtable talking about the conference, you mentioned that in other forms of counseling, sin is maybe not avoided completely, but it's there's a shift, there's a focus that it's not really an internal issue, it's not really a heart issue, but there's some scientific reason why something is going wrong, and let's correct that, but there's not really an, uh, an addressing of sin as it ought to be, which we right. all know is a huge component, right. especially in the life of Christians. Right. It's a heart problem. It's a heart problem. It comes from within. Jesus speaks to that very clearly. Um, and a lot of times in other kinds of counseling, external um, reasons are given for uh, choices, decisions that we would call sin. And then that way the blame can be shifted to those external means or those external reasons. And so uh, it can be deceiving and, and, and not helpful. But, you know, um, thinking about the difference between preaching and biblical counseling, when I went to work on my doctorate at uh, Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, um, my two choices that I had narrowed down um, to, to think about for the degree was expository preaching or biblical counseling. And I, and I was doing a lot of biblical counseling, and I always have done a biblical counseling, a lot of it. And I don't, I, I don't know that I feel adequate to do that. That's why I've referenced uh, many people to you, Morris. And by the way, I don't think we told everybody that you're in Greenville, Texas. You're, so you, I, when, you, yeah. you, when you talk about downtown and us being connected and all of those, that's because we were in Greenville, Texas together, uh-huh. which is only about 30 minutes from where we are in Emory. Right. So that if, if any listener was wondering, well, where is he? He's in Greenville, Texas. Downtown Greenville is his office, where his office is. But anyway, back to what I was saying about preaching and biblical counseling. When I, I wanted to be a better counselor, and so I thought about that and gave a lot of uh, intense um, uh, consideration to going and getting a biblical counseling degree. But I wound up going to expository preaching. And um, the primary reason is because preaching is proactive and counseling is reactive. That's not to say one is bad and one is good, but... I wanted to be proactive more than I wanted to be reactive. Uh, but now that I'm preaching uh, expositorily and, and, and trying to um, 
bring the word to bear in a general sense to a larger group, as you were talking about just a moment ago, Morris. Now I want to get more uh, trained better in, in being reactive and helping. And uh, again, I, that, that's why I wanted you to come with us uh, in this episode to, to speak to us about it, because that is such a need. It is a... Um, big need in our world today and it's a big issue in the church that is this need for biblical counseling Uh, we mentioned just a moment ago and perhaps it's good to uh, think about it again but but informal and formal counseling and so you see a lot of informal counseling I know that you're involved in your church you're an elder in your church and would you say that informal counseling is just the the standard or the normative um way that believers relate to one another? It is, and it's following the example and the call that God gave us to love one another. Yes, yes. You know, when when I walk up to Jason and I say, how are you today? Is that a cliche, or do I really mean it? Right. Well, how do you know? Right, right. If, if you start telling me, and I start looking at my watch, and I'm starting to move away from you... I'm really not interested. Right. But what God calls us to do is to be in each other's lives to the point of holding each other accountable, helping people see the truth. The Holy Spirit will lead us in the truth of God's word through our own study and him pouring into our lives, through pastors who preach and pour into our lives, and to each other as we step into somebody's business and love them with the truth of the word. Right. Either to encourage where they're going or encourage them to come out of the ditch. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that, and that's the informal part. Mm-hmm. But it's absolutely essential in the life of, of the collective church. Right. Of God's people. And, and perhaps one of the ways that we would frame that up too besides informal and formal is um, discipline. When we read about church discipline in Matthew 18... Um, we're, we're looking at the instructions there for formal discipline. Mm-hmm. But informal discipline ought to be happening all the time where we come alongside one another and admonish and encourage and, and perhaps even rebuke uh, in love um, the sin that we see in each other's heart and uh, we respond with humility. And That informal discipline, if I could jump in, uh, should prevent the formal discipline right hopefully we don't even want the formal discipline nobody wants that right um so that informal brother to brother sister to sister uh that sort of a situation that's what we encourage in our churches right sharpen uh there ought to be accountability i love that you're saying that i mean this ought to be happening all the time and those are in in a small way biblical counseling (laughs) sessions, you know, between brothers and sisters. Right. So let's think about this, Morris. What are some of the common misconceptions, what are the common fears that you would see that people would not avail themselves of biblical counseling? Uh, Well, I've used this phrase on several occasions in the past 37 years. One guy came in one day and he said, what I need is someone to tell me the truth. <laughs> and okay. I just grinned at these two guys, you know. Y'all can't see that, but mm-hmm. I didn't grin out loud or in front of this guy, but I thought, 
Okay, you came to the right place. Uh-huh. And he said, all of my life if people t- is people in my family telling me what they think I want to hear. He said, I need someone to tell me the truth. I said, okay, tell me your story. So he did. And after about 15 minutes, he paused. And I said, okay, you ready? He said, yeah. And I said, pretend there's a seatbelt on that love seat. Buckle up. <laughs> Here it comes. So... And it did. And so after about 15 minutes, he literally went, ouch. Yes. But that's what I asked for. And I think that goes to where some of the people's fears are. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear the truth. Mm -hmm. Because if they're believers, there is already the Holy Spirit in them, Mm -hmm. not just niggling them, Mm -hmm. but working to pull them back. Mm-hmm. And so many times they really don't want to hear. Right. That I think that's part of the fear. Um, the other is, you know, I know what I believe but because of what I've been taught, but am I going to hear that I was taught wrongly? Mm-hmm. And that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, so many times from the pulpit or from the counseling setting, we have to debunk some of the wrong teachings that have come from our very pulpits, mm-hmm. you know. And pastors and elders are a little uh, almost afraid of that. Have I have I blown it? Mm-hmm. But if we're honest with ourselves and we hear the truth, we go, "Whew! Okay, thank you, God, for showing me the truth." Forgive me for what I've done in the past. Help me undo that. I mean, that's the right thing to do. That's, that's what God calls us to do. Sure. So I think that's, that's part of the fear. Right. Another part of the fear is that, and women typically, the wives typically are more proactive in seeking counseling than the husband is. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they come in and they see me wearing jeans and boots and, you know, or tennis shoes, whatever. Right. They kind of relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're coming into. Right. Um, but I've had very few people at the end of the session or even in the session get upset and get up and walk out because they don't want to hear what they're hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had a couple. Um, but in reality, what I discovered later was that they weren't believers. Mm-hmm. They didn't belong to God. They weren't his children. Right. And so, as it says in 1 Corinthians yeah. Two fourteen. The natural man doesn't accept the things of that's God. That's exactly so, right. Yeah, right. That's, that's exactly right. The right. wisdom and, of the cross is folly to those yeah. who are perishing. One of the things that um, I think it that becomes a fear or an obstacle is just the stigma that is attached to uh, somebody receiving counseling. They 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 have um, from culture, and it's not so much now. You know, I've noticed this over the years, and perhaps you have too. Um, Morse is that people seem to be more open to that than they were at one time. Um, when I first started um, preaching and started vocational ministry, which by the way was 37 years too. I've been 37 years and you've been 37 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. God's good. He is good. <laughs> Why did he let me stay that long? Why did he let you stay that long? Because of his grace, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, through these years, I, um, I've seen a more 
readiness and openness to receive help um, and counsel. And that's one reason why we wanted to, to open the Biblical Counseling Center is because I think there's people that are seeking that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's been kind of your experience. Have you seen more people open to it? I have. And part of it, I think, is the information highway that we live in, mm-hmm. you know, with the, the technology and the stuff. And, you know, it, I, I resisted for years using the word Google yes. as a noun yeah. <laughs> or as a verb, you know. Yeah, um, but it, just, it is a good word. It, it, just it, Google it, be, it. I love yeah, to say, so, just Google it. Yeah. So I've, I've, I'm learning to do that better. Yeah. Uh, my, my two sons will laugh sometimes. I'm wor- hey, listen, I'm working on Jason to get him up to speed tech-wise. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so far behind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my part yeah. to bring him yeah. along. Yeah. 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 Well, I've, I don't I've, know the difference between face chat and a slap book <laughs> and all that stuff. You know, I don't know. <laughs> well, a number of years ago, I bought a new truck, and I gave my old truck to my son. And he opened the glove box, and he was like, I don't believe it. And he pulled out a phone book. And he said, you're probably the only person I know that still carries a phone book. And I said, I never know when I need a number. He said, Dad, you can look it up. And yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'll, I'm learning slowly. I'm learning. So I don't have any phone books in my truck. So anyway. Yeah. Well, here's what I would like to do. Marsh. We've been probably close to 30 to 35 minutes in this episode. Ooh, okay. It goes by quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be willing to come back sure. another time and oh, let yeah. us do a part two? Because I would like to get into some of the discussion about your thoughts on starting a biblical counseling ministry mm-hmm. and how that looks and, and what was your experience and what were some of the difficulties and um, some of the maybe choices that we could make that help us make these kinds of decisions better. Would you, If you would be willing to do oh, that, brother, absolutely, I'll buy your lunch again. If we go to the same place, okay. I'm in. Okay, I'm in. okay. okay. Uh, that's a, a plug for Wild West Barbecue. But next time, we're going to go to a, a one that some of the church members own. Oh, okay. Okay. That's good. And so it'll be a different. You'll enjoy it. So, uh, oh, But the, you can't go wrong with barbecue. Yeah, that's right. Not Absolutely. In, yeah, <laughs> both places offer good food. We went to Wild West just because um, the, the crowd seems to be a little less, and I could give full attention to Morris rather than being distracted. The other place will probably be distracted some, but it, yeah, we'll enjoy it. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, just heads up. I don't know if this happened today, but everybody in Emory knows Jason Rowland. <laughs> so when you go to lunch with them, he's saying hey to everybody uh-huh. and j- just be prepared for that. It, it, a little <laughs> less today, by, by God's grace, we were able to sit over to the side and enjoy the meal and, and get caught up and it's been fun, Morris. Thank you. It's been uh, great. Thank yeah, you for all the, the years of friendship and and just being able to rely upon you and, and send people to you that I felt comfortable to do that because I, I was confident in who you were and what you were going to give them. And so well, I'm you. thankful for that as a pastor. I really am. Um, so, Duffy, if you don't mind, uh, let's close this episode out and they'll set up a time to record another episode with uh, Morris. Sounds great. Sounds good. I I thoroughly enjoyed sitting here listening to both of you um, talk. You've been both been in ministry for longer than I've been alive. Thank I'm just going to throw that. that out there. That's my little dig. But it's been a joy to hear you guys talk. Yeah. It's and okay, lo- Grasshopper. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> I 
young Padawan, right? Yeah, right. Um, but I look forward to having another conversation with you, Morris. Um, I'm thankful to know that just up the road, you have been there for 30 years counseling people in the Word, counseling believers in the Word. That is amazing. I'm so thankful for that. But for this episode, that's it. Um, listener, thank you again for taking the time today to listen to this episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. And we hope that it has been a blessing to you. Don't forget before you go, like or share this podcast on social media or email or text message, however you share your media. Please share this and get this out, especially this episode, as we are trying to kick off our new counseling ministry at Believers. Lastly, don't forget that if you have a question that you'd like us to consider for a future podcast, go to our media, uh, go to our church website and click on our media tab. At the very bottom of the page, there's a box that you can submit a question to us. But until next time, as always, grace and peace be with you.